Listen, this uh, ought to be of universal appeal and or interest, I would think. The FCC's vote last Thursday to repeal its net neutrality rules is going to... Yay! Gonna, or boo! Oh, God help us. Uh, it's going to change stuff? Uh, how? We're not really sure. Brian Fung is the Washington Post's technology reporter and a semi-frequent guest on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Brian, great to have you back. How are you? Thanks for having me. Doing great. It's our pleasure. So, best as you can tell, uh, what does the FCC's vote mean to us? Well, um, the proposal that the FCC was voting on would have allowed Internet providers to speed up some websites and slow down others and charge certain websites uh, fees. Um, and it would be perfectly legal, uh, you know, so provided that the Internet providers simply disclose that fact to their customers. Um, now, the, the FCC vote did pass, so uh, the this measure will be going into effect um, probably as soon as it's published in the Federal Register which is the official logbook of all governmental actions, um, you know, undertaken by agencies in the United States. Um, and so, you know, it's as for what the future. So, when will like, that probably uh, be? Is are we talking about in a week or a year or what? When will it? When will it take effect? Uh, it'll it'll probably be sometime within the next uh, probably a few weeks. Okay. Um, and at that point, you know, Internet providers will be legally allowed to engage in that type of behavior, even though many of them say um, they have no plans to do so. Uh, of course, anything could change, and all they would have to do would be to change their fine print to say that this is what we're going to do now. Well, what, what do you think? How soon do you think we'll notice anything or will we notice anything? Well, I think a lot of folks who have been pointing out sort of the the worst possible abuses. Um, yes, this is and, talk radio. Go with the most extreme case. <laughs> well, and, you know, some folks, I'll just give you an example of, you know, something that um, was barred under the, the prior rules, but now could, uh, you know, be done. I know Verizon under the old rules um, couldn't try and favor sites that it owned, like AOL or Yahoo, um, by slowing down or blocking Google, for example. And under the new rules, it would be allowed to do that. Uh, but, you know, if they I, speed up that, AOL, will anybody notice? <laughs> <laughs> that, that said, you know, I, I don't know if it'll, uh, if we'll see some of those most egregious examples um, crop up immediately, if only because um, activists have made a really big deal out of it and um, the ISPs would sort of face an immediate backlash if that were to happen. It would be pretty counterproductive, I think. So Uh, there might be a bit of a game of let's see what our competition does if they have the guts to do it. It would be like, uh, you know, Coke and Pepsi. They, They raise theirs by a nickel, so let's raise ours by a nickel. Yeah, you might see that, or um, you know, you could see something that's um, you know, companies engaging in behavior that's much more difficult to detect. Uh, you know, you may have heard about when Netflix um, paid Verizon and Comcast and those other ISPs um, because it was being slowed down on their networks. Um, you know, if it hadn't been for Netflix coming out publicly and saying that this was happening, um, we probably wouldn't have ever found out that that was the reason um, for the slowdowns. Um, you know, and and you know, there's something similar could happen here where uh, these are essentially contract disputes between large businesses or large and small businesses, and we may never hear about them. Well, right, and I learned actually from your fine article, which we will have a link to so people can find it easily, that there could be uh, rampant legal action on this, too. There could be enough lawsuits that any real effect is going to be delayed. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, and uh, you know, folks who oppose the FCC's decision say not only um, are they going to try and fight this in court, but also uh, they're going to try and fight it with legislation. Now, with Republicans in control of both chambers of Congress, it's unclear how far that'll go. Um, but, you know, nevertheless, supporters of the rules uh, say that 
this is something that they're they're committed to fighting. Uh, Brian Fung of the Washington Post is online. Brian, as long as you brought up partisanship, I think it's worth pointing out. And I swing uh, more conservative than liberal. I'm not a Republican. I'm libertarian for what it's worth. But um, so you know, I'm trust me when I say it seems odd that the Republican Party is being identified with. Um, getting rid of net neutrality when the vast majority of Republican voters and the vast majority of Democrat voters are against that vote. So either they're far-seeing Internet uh, governors and they understand better than we do, or the lobbyists just had a better shot with Republicans, so they got them to vote that way. Well, it's possible that all of those things could be true, <laughs> right? Um, where, you know, it, there there was a, a widely reported uh, University of Maryland survey in the run-up to the vote um, that tried to, rather than ask Americans, oh, how do you feel about net neutrality and getting a kind of context-free uh, response, uh, what they tried to do was to equip uh, survey takers with all of the relevant arguments for and against the FCC's vote, and it turned out that 83% of Americans and three out of four Republicans even um, were in support of the of keeping the rules uh, and opposed to the FCC plan. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's been really interesting to see how this breaks down in a kind of bipartisan manner among rank and file folks. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, the FCC went against the will of the vast majority of the American people, which occasionally three is, to two. Right, w- right, which is occasionally proper. We don't have a democracy and shouldn't. A democracy is incredibly dangerous. But it is kind of notable that nobody wanted this, you know, in terms of uh, sheer numbers of voters. Yeah, and it's a weird situation where you got libertarians who want some government interference in something to make yeah. it more. Mm-hmm. And And on that note... The great savior, I don't know if you've been following this, of uh, uh, of Internet that's um, controlled somewhat so that the powerful don't you know, have an unfair advantage, might be municipal uh, ISPs. Have you followed this at all? There's a number of cities and, and around the country that already have it or proposing doing it. For instance, in Tennessee, Chattanooga, Tennessee, they have 90,000 customers on their municipal broadband that is immune or free from this. Hmm. That's ruling. right. And, um, you know, municipal networks have gotten a lot of attention in recent years, in part, um, you know, because of places like Chattanooga, which offers a gigabit uh, connection that's 1,000 megabits per second for wow. roughly $70 a month. I don't have that. Um, Can I have that? Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of folks do want that. Um, but the issue is that in places like Chattanooga, um, they've run up against a lot of state laws that in part were supported by um, you know, large incumbent Internet providers um, that sought to block them from building out their networks yeah, that, better and faster. That is one of the interesting parts of this, this article right. I was reading is the, the, the big timers that may have affected the FCC vote have gotten into the, the local game and, and gotten laws passed before anybody even knew, you know, had thought about this sort of stuff, mm-hmm. that municipal, municipalities aren't allowed to have internet. Wow, that's ridiculous. And that they, is the worst sort of and they crony it, capitalism. they pulled that off all over the place. Yeah. So, Brian, listen, I've been reading a little bit about South Korea's internet system, which is the model for the world. It is widely reputed to be the best, fastest, etc. And that's all about public-private partnerships, isn't it? It is, um, and and that's something that a lot of American um, cities and towns have been exploring also. Um, The difference between South Korea and the United States, obviously, is that South Korea is a much smaller uh, place, and it's a lot more densely populated than many parts of the United States. Uh, And and that sort of goes to the core of um, net neutrality, because, uh, you know, in theory, if you 
were able to have you know many choices of internet provider where you lived, uh, you wouldn't necessarily need net neutrality rules uh, because as soon as one provider started to block or throttle, you could switch to another one. But in many cases, uh, there isn't just you know there just isn't enough um, population density in certain parts of the country to support um, you know numerous uh, internet providers or numerous choices. Right. So right. Uh, that's been a real problem, uh, and and one reason why the FCC decided to pass those net neutrality rules in 2015 in the first place. Yeah, yeah, I live in a rural area, and I have one option, and if they doubled it, I'd just pay it because i got to have the Internet. To me, that's where a public-private partnership makes absolute sense. And there are a lot of differences between South Korea and the U.S., uh, Brian, but one similarity is that we both have dangerous rogue nations to our north that we need to <laughs> keep an eye on. Never turn your back on a Canadian. You know what's great about you, Brian? You freaking know what you're talking about. Yeah, which I mean, that's awesome. Your depth of knowledge on this is really impressive. And I don't know if you've noticed that's not universal in the media, Brian. (laughs) Well, I appreciate that. This is a good question for you. You guys reading my work? This is terrific. This is a good question for you. So, in the last week, while this has been discussed, how much like cable news did you watch (laughs) where people were talking about this and you thought they have no idea what they're talking about? You know, I, actually, it's, it's been interesting. A lot of my fellow reporters here in Washington do really get it. Um, you know, they spend a lot of time trying to get the nuances uh, right and spending a lot of time actually trying to translate these often abstruse, really abstract legal arguments, um, you know, to the public, uh, trying to, to help people understand. So, you know, I, I've can't really speak for cable news since I don't really uh, haven't been really well, there you go. had time to focus on that. But a lot of my colleagues here in Washington definitely do understand. Yeah, you shouldn't. It'll make you want to kill yourself. Yeah. Yep. Brian Fung, WAPO technology reporter, will have a link to his piece. Brian, we truly appreciate it. Excellent job. Great to talk to you. Hey, thanks for having me.